Hello, sister brewers. Brewers, welcome back to another episode. Today we have a special guest, Felicia Armstrong. Thank you so much for joining us today, Felicia. I'm so Thank happy you. to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I love hearing you two talk together. It's so oh. fun. So I'm thrilled <laughs> to be here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So Felicia is a shamanic coach and healer. Uh, one of the uh, reasons actually why we reached out to you was because we're reading your bio on Instagram and it says, retrieving your lost pieces so you can be who you were born to be. And we thought it was so interesting because of what we wanted to talk about today, which is, you know, lingering energy and kind of like that puzzle, you know, missing your puzzle pieces of your energy. Um, you're also a shaman and intuitive medium, Akashic reader, past life healings, and um, a ritual priestess. So that's really interesting. Um, if you want to go into more depth about how you started this journey, how, you know, what led you here today, and um, just, you know, like I said, <laughs> let's hear your wisdom. <laughs> I would love to talk about that because I get asked that a lot. And I think we all come to our spiritual journey in such unique and different ways. And they're not always easy. And I think it's important to talk about that. You know, it's not always this beautiful, easy, wondrous journey. And mine started with tragedy when I was a child. So I was around 12 years old and I had a very close family member pass away. And um, the day that this person passed, we were supposed to be together on a school field trip and it just oh turned out that we didn't end up for, I can't even remember because again, I was a child. Um, it didn't happen. And I remember around like 11 o'clock that day, I was in Cedar Point and I got this feeling of, I just want to go home. I'm done. I felt really weird and my whole mood shifted and I just kind of sat there the rest yeah. of the day. And when I was picked up and got home from this field trip, I found out um, that this family member had passed away. And it was around that time and I had felt it. And so what happened for me was I started having dreams or visitations from her. And wow. I don't think like at that age, most people know what's going on. I think we yeah. think it's maybe normal or what everybody else experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but she would come to me and she would always tell me, I just want you to know I'm okay because I had a really hard time with it. And wow. I got message, messages from her and I started to be able to kind of share those with other family members. And luckily for me, they didn't dismiss it. They were very open to hearing it. And then That's that really opened up like a floodgate of things to start happening. And I know I had things happening before that, but it was, mm -hmm. again, as a kid, you think it's normal, very easy right. to dismiss that I see things right. and hear things. I just think everybody else did. Um and then the really compelling thing, the whole thing was, but I would have dreams about this person on and off for years. And I think I was like maybe 19 years old. So, you know, 12 to 19, um, like seven years or so. And I had this dream where she came to me and we were in a mall and she took this wallet out. And I've never shared this story publicly. So I love that this is coming wow. up. And <laughs> she showed me a picture of... Um, she said, this is what I look like now. She said, this is my mom and dad. Gives me chills head to toe. And she said, I'm really happy. They take really good care of me. And she said, I'm okay. And you need to know. And I said, okay. Wow, that was the last dream I ever had of her. Wow. And I truly, truly, truly believe to the core of my being that she reincarnated. And yeah. I know from 
years, I think I've been doing this work about 20 years now, professionally. Um, <laughs> I know that that doesn't happen fast usually. It's usually like a long process because in the spirit worlds, things are, they take a lot longer than what we would perceive. So for the yeah. spirit realm, it's quick, but for us, it's like lifetimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that just changed my whole life and other things happened to me. And it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't get away from this, even if I wanted to, my whole life was crazy all the time. And I always tell people everything that I thought to be maybe not real or challenged in my mind has proven to me to be real. And so if somebody tells me an experience, I am so open about literally anything now, anything in the paranormal realm, I go, oh, okay, that could be true. <laughs> like, yeah. I could not say no to anything because of all the crazy things I've, I've witnessed. So that's how I started. That's awesome. And I love that mindset. I mean, you know, what do we know at the end of the day? You know, it's like we're, we came here without an instruction journey. Like, we don't have like a guidebook, yeah. you know, we don't have instructions on how things work and how they're supposed to be. I mean, exactly. who has said that? You know, like nothing is written in stone. So I really right. like that mindset where anything could be possible. And that's how I also feel. And I think Alexa can agree with me on this, where we both have that same mindset where it was like, all right, let's hear it. You know, maybe it's true. Like, you know, um, yeah. I know the, um, th there was this whole thing on the news about aliens in Miami at the Miami mall and the police and all that. I was like, Hey, you know, maybe it is true. Like who knows, you know, we, ne we don't know everything. We don't know. And I, and, I think we just have to go yeah. with our experience. I, right. I don't really think we should have necessarily beliefs, but our experiences. Right. And if you experience something, it changes your whole life and you can't deny that experience. And even if other people think, oh, that's not true. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you right. know what you know to be true. And it's a part of your journey to make you change and grow. And it's incredible. Absolutely. I think... Yeah, and I think that um, even getting like past life readings um, mm -hmm. is really important too because you really get a sense of, I don't know, for me personally, like that really helped me understand who I am now um, because of my past lives. A lot of things that came up was like, no way, like this is what I, I have this fear, like, and you're telling me like this happened, like that's exactly, yes. like, it just makes Isn't sense, it you know? validating though? It's, like it's, it's like, it helps you validating. to really be validated in who you are and why you feel the way you do. And I'm so passionate about past lives because of that experience I had and knowing that we reincarnate, I always knew that. And I've seen yeah. so many things for myself that have clicked so many pieces into my life. And every time I do a past life healing or reading for someone, mm -hmm. they're like, Oh my God, I experienced that now. Or I mean, it's uncanny. You can't even yeah. make this up. I remember I did a reading for this woman and this past life came through where she had like these three brothers and they were always like really hard on her. And it was very in depth. And she was like, I have those three brothers now. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so cool. She was like, Oh my God, we did this before. And I was like, Yeah, you did. <laughs> and that's, that's so interesting. You said that because I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, since you have done past life readings, do we always have the same group of people or like at least our close knit family and friends, are they always around us and do they change who they are? So, you know, could my sister maybe have been my mother in a past life or something like that? That's such a good question. So yes, absolutely. We change roles and it, it cracks me up because I just look at a lot of people too, with kids, you'll say like, yeah. okay, this, this kid was probably my dad in a past life. Like there's this weird energy and you can, you can feel it and you know, so I definitely feel we like switch roles. Um, 
I have seen instances of people going into past lives and I do a lot of regression too, which I think is so mm. cool because that's you witnessing it and then you get to see it. And I think that's really powerful for people, awesome. but I've seen them go, I don't recognize this person. So I do feel like we travel in these packs and I do feel like our level of importance to each other varies. So maybe mm. we've been in the same kind of pack, but maybe, you know, someone who's super close, like you guys are. Maybe yeah. you were like just people who knew each other in passing rather than being super close. Um, so, yeah, I think it just depends on the lifetime and it kind of can change. Wonderful. I like that. And it's so yeah. fun you said that because my daughter is definitely, she was definitely my mother in a past life. She's such an old soul and she's always, you know, being uh, super careful about things. And I'm like, I'm the mom. Like, I'm supposed to tell you that, not you. And she's like, same here. Careful, you know, when you're driving or like, oh my God. It's the same for me. And I've had so many just kids do really weird things that can get really intense. I've had a few clients talk about this, but I know my daughter, this is something I also have never shared publicly. She's eight years old now. And when she was about five years old, awesome. She started saying things to me that completely terrified me. She would say to me, we'd go past a cemetery and she'd go, I don't want to go there. And I'd say, okay, well, we don't have to. And she'd say, no, I don't want to be buried in the ground there. And I'd be like, okay, you don't, you're not going to be buried anytime soon. And we'd go through this whole thing. And then it went into, I don't want to die before I turn six. And I was like, you know, as a mother, I'm a shaman. I do all these things, but panicked. And I remember talking to friends about it and I felt it was past life, but also hearing a five-year-old say things like that is so unnerving. So it, it went on. Yeah. And she turned six, stopped. So I knew she had wow. had a past life where she passed away before she was six years old and she was remembering it. It was just, just like, and I've had so much of that. I know, head to toe chills. And it's hard to go through that as a parent, but you have to know there's so many cool shows about it. Our kids remember things. We probably did too. But when you nourish it instead of telling them, oh, that's not true, you know, it creates a yeah, different no, I, dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's so important, especially as kids, because they trust you. They come to you with these things, you know, and, and if you shut that down, I just feel like it's not fair to them. Right. Um and my daughter just came into the room and she's she wrote on the iPad, can you please tell them about my dreams and my psychic abilities? Because she's uh, been able to and uh, so I've never said this publicly either, but she wants me to share it so I will. Um she's been having dreams and then they come into like fruition afterwards she wakes up. So whether it was like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, it happens afterwards. So that's been something really cool. We've been talking about now. And I'm like, that's a gift that you have. That's really cool. Um, so it's a very specific gift too, like that premonition and it can be, that's one that can get really interesting. And I've been very scared of it at times because for me, if I have a premonition dream, it's very intense. Like the last big one I had was for COVID and I will never forget it. Oh, wow. I woke up from it and I didn't quite know what was going to happen, but I knew something global was coming and it was going to affect everybody and that people wouldn't be able to get away from it. And it was coming. And I remember telling my husband and just, I think for like three days, I was just not, I didn't feel right. I was so wow. worried and upset And, you know, he's used to this by now, but also I think a lot of the time it can be a little bit cryptic and you don't necessarily know. So that was a big one for me. I was like, something's coming. Don't know what. And 
it's, it's scary, but I think it also helps prepare you. So I think that's the point of it is to let you know, Hey, it is going to happen. This is something that's, I I don't want to say supposed to happen, but it's going to, so you just need to be okay. And then it can happen in other amazing ways, which hopefully your daughter's getting some of the more positive ones. Yes. (laughs) Cool gift to have. Yeah, no, it's really, really awesome. So thank you for for sharing that as well. And and I like that you said scripture because it really is, you know, you don't know. Sometimes you can get something that you think it's totally different, and then it comes into fruition. You're like, oh, like <laughs> this is what it meant. You know, it's Absolutely. really interesting. <laughs> I think too, it's because, and I've always wondered about this, and I say this when I do readings, it's kind of like playing charades for a living. You ha- I have to look yeah. at like all these things I'm hearing and being given and figure out what it means. And I always say, I wish spirit would just be like, oh, this person's a firefighter. And I would just be able to say, you're a firefighter. But typically it's like, it doesn't come across that way. It's very, I get to see the ins and outs of how they work and what they do and their gifts. And I just think that's because A, it's, it's deeper and it's more meaningful. And B, I think they, they work with information so much differently than we do. So I say the fact that we can get any of that is a miracle. It's incredible that anything even can come through. So absolutely. No, it it definitely is. And I think it's a gift to be, you know, um, looked upon as like something wonderful. Um, So I think definitely encouraging and supporting it's especially from your family. I think that's the number one, you know, like I think that's priority because if you feel validated from your loved ones and you feel supported from your loved ones, I feel like you have that, fire to keep going but if it's the opposite then a lot of times that fire could be yeah it shuts you down and so many people I work with have been shut down and the cool thing though for everyone who listens to this is to remember that you can you get it back it's not gone yes it's just been you know quieted and you can do so many things that just ignite it again Exactly. So I love that you shared that too, because that's a big part of it. That's very true. And Alexia, I'm not sure if you, sorry, I kind of took over because I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I'm the listener. If you can tell, I'm like the listener of the group. I'm always listening and if I dive love in, that. I dive in. <laughs> um, but we should get into um, lingering energy because I feel like that's something mm-hmm. that's also been a part of our lives, especially joy. Um, I don't know if you want to yes. bring up your home. Yes, I will. Thank you. Cielo's get off track and she's like pulling me back. She's like, (laughs) remember what this is about? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so this, the one of the other reasons why I got really intrigued about, um, you know, lingering energy and I was listening to your podcast um, and I remember you sharing something along the lines of, you know, trapped energies or somebody is, is, you know, like they, they leave pieces of their energy behind and um, I had a reading in my house. So there's um, apparently this little boy who used to live here. And so the house was built in the 1960s. And um, the only other family other than the ones that built it for the, their family was my in-laws. And so we bought it off my in-laws. So it was all, it kind of like other than its own um, original owners, it, it was in my husband's family. And then we bought it. So down in the basement, there's uh, a room and... Uh, it's like a storage room now, but that's where the, um, so like the electrical system is in there as well. And the little boy that used to live here is now probably like, I don't know, in his fifties or sixties and he's still alive, but a part of his energy is stuck down there because of something traumatic that happened to him in that room. Um, and you know, Alexia has actually seen an apparition of him sitting in the dining table 
and I, you know, I've seen a shadow of him. I've heard his footsteps. So there's a lot of, you know, he's very active and I've been told by others that, yes, you're not crazy. Like, and it's, it's, you know, he's here and he actually just protects your family. He's very loving and he just had this traumatic experience. So he doesn't, um, so we try to kind of bring him back to his soul or to his person. Um, and it didn't work. So it looks like he's still around and just looks for love. You know, he just wants to be accepted and it's not my story to tell. So I don't want to give too many details of what happened, but you know, something traumatic to do with the parent and the other parents or the mother didn't intervene and did not um, protect him like she was supposed to. And so um, I feel like because I'm a mother and have two kids, I feel like he always comes to me for that, you know? And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful in a way, but it's also like, I wish I could help him out to get back to his soul. But what one of my mentors told me is that, you know what, maybe he's not ready yet. Maybe if you bring this back, he might spiral, you know, that's big. That's so maybe big. he's just kind of forgotten about it and, and put it yeah. away because he can't deal with it right now. So I think, you know, that's something that we can talk about. I think it's very interesting how he's still alive, but his energy is still here and very much active. Yeah, absolutely. I have so much I can say about this. It's incredible. (laughs) So soul loss is something that happens and we can lose pieces of ourself or energy bits of ourself essence. And I've never really met anyone yet in this culture in the West that hasn't had some sort of soul loss. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just because of how, we treat that and people tend to always have like the language for it, but they don't know exactly what it is. So they'll say things like, you know, I feel like a piece of myself left when this happened, or I feel like so-and-so took a piece of myself. And that's essentially what soul loss is. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not something that your spirit does to harm itself. It's literally a self-preservation method. And if we look into things like the the biggest one coming to me, and it's, you know, really hard thing to talk about, but it's like sexual abuse. Right. When things like that happen, you know, it's not safe to be in our bodies. And there's so many other things that can create that, you know, um, accidents, illness, disease. Mm-hmm. But that one specifically is a really good example because of how the body responds in the spirit. And so these pieces leave and they stay in what we call non-ordinary reality, like an in-between kind of state. And it's so that spirit can stop experiencing that harm. It doesn't want to experience more. So that piece is like, I'm going to go stay over here. And so it's really beautiful in a way. But the the big issue is that those pieces don't tend to come back on their own. I've seen it. I've seen, I've had it happen. But I also think that that's largely because of what I do. I'm already primed and prepped into how to to, to retrieve that. Um, but not having the language and not really knowing what's going on, it creates that dynamic of it doesn't really come back on its own. So mm-hmm. people that are still alive definitely are walking around with these pieces that are not there. And it's wow. so interesting because it can kind of like mimic like a haunting, right? Mm-hmm. So these pieces yeah. can be um, intelligent. They can create imprints and your mentor, I think you said, said something so profound is, you know, that that person may not be ready to take that piece back. Right. So I have absolutely seen people give soul parts back after re- receiving them. And, and so what I say to people is you have to make sure if you are hearing about soul retrieval and this is something you want to do, that you're ready. So there's sometimes I'll talk to people and it'll be like a year 
before we actually do their soul retrieval. And that's okay. I tell people like, if you're not ready, it's fine. Don't push yourself. Be ready when you do this, because I want you to keep it. And a lot of times those pieces have been gone for so long. I mean, they can even go into past lives too, that it's a lot for somebody to relearn how to hold that and accept it back. So I think I shared with you before, I've had instances too, where I've done a reading for somebody and somebody still alive came through like as a spirit. So like a mediumship situation. And that was while they were kind of like passing away. So they're in that in-between state, in between like life and death. And they've come through and just given me messages. And I I remember the one that I'm thinking about specifically. She was like, that's my mother-in-law. She's in the hospital in hospice right now. And I, I go visit her. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, she's like, I visit her. She said, I rub her feet like you just said. Because she came through and yeah. she was like, tell her thank you for rubbing my feet. And wow. I was like, okay. And she said, I, I've been going there and doing that for her. And she came through so clear. So there's also, you know, I just think the way that we look at how spirits really are and how energy works. It needs to just Mm -hmm. expand because I don't think our minds can fully understand this. So I think it's beautiful what you're trying to do with, you know, or or tried to do with getting that part back and trying to give that back to this person. But ultimately, excuse me, it's, it's up to that person if they want to accept it back or not. And I've never been a place that doesn't hold energy of anything else. It is, incredible, Mm -hmm. especially for people who are sensitive to look at, you know, not only can this happen, but there's spirits that are attached to the land. There's um, all kinds of nature spirits. Mm -hmm. There's imprints of things. I mean, it is wild when you look at it. So there's so many people that have issues in their homes. And I'm like, of course, because we're also not a society that thinks about where we're laying a house down. We just build it wherever we want. And if we look into like Asian culture, you know, they're really big in feng shui and they typically, if they're going to build something, they're kind of watching out like what's over here. Or even Mm -hmm. um, in like Ireland, they believe in fairies and they have fairy circles and they won't build things there because they're honoring that. And so it's it's tricky when we start to just kind of lay things down anywhere. And when we move into houses that other people have lived in. Where I live now is the first home I have lived in where I have not had like any intense spirit energy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I picked it because I have, I grew up in haunted house and I had, Ooh, interesting. oh my gosh, <laughs> I can speak forever about that. I lived with my grandparents and this wow. is kind of to your point is that my grandpa dug the basement of this house. That was his, what he did for a living. He dug basements and then they built it. So to have this immense amount of like activity, it was growing up like, what is this? And I remember asking my grandma, hey, do you ever feel anything here? And she said, oh, sometimes I feel my mom, but that's about it. And I'm like, I'm having crazy experiences. Like they would leave and go to Florida as, you know, older people do in Michigan and travel south for the winter. And they'd go for like three months at a time. And I would literally be in this house. I was probably like, I think 18, 19, 20, 21. Um, and I would put every light on, I would put every TV on and I would, I just would be terrified. I'd have friends spending the night all the time. I was just, because it was like, it was so nonstop. I would hear people saying my name. There'd be 
footsteps coming down the hallway. I'd see figures. I mean, it was just like, it was out of control. Well, I could go on for intense. hours about it. That is intense. It was very intense. And I was, I was terrified all the time because a lot of it was, um, it wasn't very, it was very invasive and it wasn't, mm. you know, just a loved one yeah. coming to visit and be right. kind. That's a lot different. Scary. Yeah. So there it ended up being, they lived on this, what's like a retention pond. And there was all kinds of weird activity, A, because there was this big body of water. Um, and I do believe the land had something going on and it was just wild. It was, it was all the time. So we don't have to even necessarily have had generations of people living in a house for it to have that energy to your point. No, that's very true. and makes a lot of sense, you know, um, and, and the land, like you said, that makes, uh, and a lot of times if you, you know, see these, um, people who are trying to like figure out why this haunting is happening, a lot of times it comes from the land and what the land has gone through and, you know, or all burial sites that nobody even knows are there, you know, absolutely. Because there's so many things that happened. Yeah. Yeah, Before we were here. And I think that's a huge part of shamanism is we really connect to the land. That's nature's is everything. Mm -hmm. And we really honor that. So even in, for example, if I'm going to do um, an event at a different place, I'll usually do a journey to the land first and ask for permission or go give an offering or go there and just kind of sit with it. There's a lot that I would do so that I'm going into a situation where I know it's going to feel good and be, you know, really good energy for everybody that's there. No, absolutely. I mean, I have like selenite sticks above all my doors (laughs) and I'm, you know, it's like I take all precautions. And I remember even recently my, my mom actually had to move her, yeah, the selenite. <laughs> I had to move the her whole bedroom around. Remember that, Alexia, when oh, she yeah. said, "I don't feel good." This because she's crazy too. Yeah. She just doesn't practice as much, but she has the psychic power she's for amazing. sure. And so she, um, yeah. she's like, "I don't feel good. This the energy in here is not good." I just uh, she was always getting sick and migraines and all this stuff, and wow. she rearranged um, according to like she she read into something and she rearranged her room and she said it's been so much better ever since. I love hearing that. It's, it's huge. And I remember diving so deep into feng shui years ago and I, I have so oh, many different shui, things yeah, that I exactly do. What it was. Yeah. Right. That I was like, if I even go too far into this, it's just going to be another huge thing that I have so many <laughs> offerings to give to people. So I, I, yeah. you know, tiptoed into it, but it's incredible what it will do. And I very mm-hmm. much set my home up like that. And it completely changes the energy. The cool thing about yes. that too, is they always say to go really slow when you're doing feng shui changes, because it can, it does shift so much that it can just like overhaul you. And sometimes people actually do get sick from it. I think it's called feng shui sickness. Wow. Um, but if you do like a little bit at a time, I mean, right. you pick an area of your life and you'll see everything there change. It's incredible. Yeah. So I love that she had that idea to go through and, and change it. And when I lived in the the haunted house growing up, I remember I didn't know much at that time. So I was going into like crystal stores and asking for help. And I had crystals around my bed and everywhere. <laughs> and unfortunately didn't do a whole lot, but it also, yeah. it gave me that feeling of at least some empowerment that I've got a little right. bit of control over that doorway and, and what's coming in and out. So I think right. anybody, you know, you can command energy. You can yes. take charge of things. And that's a another big reason why I work online a lot of the time. I don't see a lot of clients in person. And it's because mm-hmm. I really 
I'm so sensitive and I like to be able to command my space and make sure energy is cleared yes. out. So you have to do what works best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, the fact that you mentioned that as well, it's like, you know, I, you know, I was living in autopilot for so long, but then recently I just started to, in the last few years, I was like, wait a second, I still like this stuff. Like what happened, you know? So, and then I started to get into like the Reiki and all this um, energy healing. So it was just interesting to see how, you know, I started to notice and be more mindful of the energy of others and how much it was affecting me and I was allowing it to affect me. So, you know, it got to a point where I couldn't even work. Like I just recently quit my nine to five too, because I just couldn't be around some people. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And it was, it was actually in hospice too, but it was just a lot. It was a lot. And I just couldn't, there just comes a point in your life where you you're you know like you said you just want to protect your energy and when you're sensitive you just want to make sure that you're putting those boundaries and sometimes even if you put boundaries it's just it's hard because sometimes some people just have this immense energy that you just can't you know you can't always protect yourself from so it's best that you stay away (laughs) i think exactly and so many women specifically are so empathic and so sensitive yeah. And the more that you just start to like literally pay attention to that and honor it, it changes your whole life because yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I just didn't feel good or I'd have people come into my house, even family members and didn't feel great about that. I remember a long time ago, I had started <laughs> learning about like protection techniques for the home and I had put up this um, protective symbol. So when you walked into my front door, Ooh, it faced so out and it was okay. meant to keep you know, any negative energy out. And there was a specific person coming over that I was a little nervous about entering my home. And I was cracking up by the end of the evening because this person was hours late. Something happened. And then when they did come in, it was like, they were barely there. And I was like, Oh, thank you. This worked so well. That is amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had somebody that, you know, I was trying to to keep out because, you know, the energy is just too much and too negative all the time. So I put like black salt underneath my um, door frame on the outside and I did the, the protective sigil. And then I put like the, my mat was welcome. So I changed that um, to just a regular mat. And then this person came over unannounced one day. They were not able to get in through the, so they were knocking apparently on the front door. Nobody heard them. They actually went around the house through the back door and knocked there. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I opened the back door. I'm like, why are you coming? From? They never come through the back door. So why would you even do that? And um, this person goes, well, you guys didn't hear me. I was knocking on the front door. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's incredible. I love hearing this. I love it. I had another instance of kind of that happening where I had put the sigil up. And again, I'm talking like so tiny. So all these right. people would come over. Nobody would notice it. And there was this one person I did very, 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 very negative. The second he walked through the door, he went, what is that? And was like angry and upset. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is years ago, but all of these things, it just, it blew my mind and it just furthered like, this is real. You know, it's happening. People are experiencing it. Energy is energy. And I tell people that, you know, even with soul retrieval and soul loss, A lot of the time, again, going back to what I said earlier, when people are saying things like, you know, so-and-so has a piece of me. When we broke up, I lost a piece of myself. That can happen. Other people can be holding on to pieces. And when I've gotten those back for people, 
So gone to like an ex and retrieved the, my client's soul part from them. Mm -hmm. I'll say to them, you know, be open to the fact that this person may contact you. You may hear something. And I remember one that always stands out. This woman hadn't talked to this ex in like 10 years. He was holding a soul part of hers. I got it back. And I said, hey, you never know. Just be open. And this person called her while she was sitting in front of me. She was like, wow, God. And I was like, yeah, but they may not know, but people feel energy. So, you know, you just sometimes have to be aware of of that. They will sense something, whether or not they know what it is. Right, right. They, they, you know, they're just like, because a lot of people, like I said, you know, live on autopilot. So they're not really understanding where it's coming from. They just act on their emotional, you know, like whatever they feel in that moment. So that's powerful. You have to take time to process. And again, you're right. It's this autopilot and so many people are not, you know, taking any time to process things because we're living in such a fast paced world. And I can't talk enough about that, how much this is like damaging people. And that's why everyone has anxiety and all kinds of things. But if you literally just take a moment to sit down, close your eyes, how am I feeling? So many people don't even know how they feel anymore. Okay. So I feel like anxious, but why am I feeling anxious? You'll know right away. It's just giving yourself space and time to do that, which is again, so beautiful to be on a spiritual journey because you're going to do that and have that space. Absolutely. I think, you know, when I was in um, marketing and sales, it was not for me, but I just did it because I had, you know, my kids were young and I, we needed the money. So I was like, Hey, you know, like this will be good. Um, And it was not good because that was totally not for me. And, but I didn't realize it until like three years in and I had developed anxiety, depression, all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, why do I feel like this? So when I, I stumbled upon my mentor and I got a Reiki energy session from her, which initially I just went for a tarot reading to see what else I could be doing. And then um, it turned into that. So that's when I started to like slow down. And I was like, wait a second, like, where's this anxiety coming from? Why? And I realized it was, it was my job. I, I was just not cut out to, to do that. You know, sometimes you like push yourself, like, no, I can do anything. And no, no, you really don't have to do anything or everything. <laughs> you need to do things that align with your soul and with your purpose here, you know? And I feel like once you follow that purpose for whatever reason you're here on earth, you just, it just feels right. You feel content. You feel like, all right, this is it. Like I, you you know, I love doing like the podcast, for example, I love doing this. I love, you know, sharing all our experiences together with the world. Um, But if you told me to go sell something, like, no, (laughs) I'm not getting up for that. You know, (laughs) I started the same way. I was actually a makeup artist for many years Mm -hmm. because I was an artist and I thought that would be my medium. And I didn't, I I hated it. I felt so inauthentic. And a big part of that was I worked in um, makeup sales. So it would be go sell this makeup. And I'd be like, if they like it, they can buy it. But I'm not, I couldn't do that. And I ended up in a salon. Yeah. Um, (laughs) doing facials and makeup. And I had an aesthetics room and I started doing tarot card readings out of my room. This is like years ago. (laughs) And that was how I started. And I worked in this really quirky, cool place. And the owner was like, go for it. If you want to do readings and whatnot. So yeah, eventually that just kind of took over and I got to um, learn and grow and do some more things. And I was able to get out of that. And I really feel like that's an important message. I always want to share. If you are living what you're here to do, you're going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to have the resources you need. You'll usually be abundant. 
But when you're out of alignment, even if you're going to a job that like, well, this is going to make me money, it's it's not going to work well in some way. You're going to exactly. feel anxious or depressed. You might not even make the money that you think you're going to make. So I think it's just so important yeah. that we all figure out what we're here to do. And there's going to be people that are here to do everything. There's people that can work a nine to five. No, no problem. Right. They know right. I'm not. And you seem to not be that person. And it's no. so beautiful to <laughs> honor if you're both not and do what you're actually here for because it will change your whole life. Definitely. I think that's, that's major. And I know I like to say, I can speak to this too, where she already, like I felt it later on in life because I was so used to that. I don't know, you know, it's just that autopilot, but she's picked up on it much earlier than I did for sure. So good. That's also deep thinking too, you know, like always, I should be doing more. I should be doing more every day, you know, and you're like, there's something I should be doing and I haven't caught on to it yet. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I feel like when you get into what your purpose is, you just naturally feel more relaxed. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know absolutely. living in an intuitive way, I feel like I'll feel pushes to do things. And it's usually like a little bit before I'm ready. Spirit's really good at that for me. Like, you ready to do this thing? And I'm like, I don't know, but thank you for the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I am, like, I'll, I'll get going on it. But they do exactly. tend to know things way more in advance than we do. So I think that it's really interesting. I remember when I had my first baby and I knew what gender, I knew what he was going to be like. I knew everything because I had gone into journey before and asked to be shown my children and I saw them and what order they'd come in and how, and it was incredible. But then spirit was like, and now let's talk about your daughter. And I was like, I have a one month old and I think we're going to just wait on that. It was hilarious. But there, you know, it's that guidance is there for you when you're ready and you can take it in and it it doesn't mean, you know, you have to act immediately. But I think it's important to know that we're just always connected to a source of wisdom and guidance if we want it. And it can help all with everything, every aspect of your life. Definitely. I I think that's so important that you said that because when you get a reading, you kind of just want you you get... I don't know, for me personally, I get very inspired and motivated and I want to start doing everything at once. And I'm like, oh my God, let's get this going. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. I just crashed because I tried to do everything all at once. And then I just tell myself, yeah. And then I just tell myself, you know, like everything will happen in its own time. So I just kind of let it go and I trust and I just put it out in the universe and I say, okay, I want this, but not right now. You'll let me know when it's, when you think I'm ready. So good. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I think we just have to, also allow ourselves to be human. That's another big message I'm always trying to spread on my journey and for other people is you have to, you've got to pay attention to your physical body. You have to like turn off sometimes. It's so beautiful Mm -hmm. to be in the spiritual um, practice all the time. But I mean, there's times where, you know, I'm going to go play a game and do something silly and it's not all serious. And the universe is playful too. It's not here to just, you know, big lesson after big lesson, we wouldn't be human beings if it was supposed to be that way and be able to have joy and pleasure. So I think it's really good to to have a really good balance of both. Definitely. I think that's very important. That's a really good message to get out there for sure. We forget to be very powerful sometimes, bring our childlike (laughs) energy into play. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, because it can get really serious and spirituality can get, I mean, the amount of upheaval and initiations and learning I have done through it. I can't even speak on it. It's so immense and huge and heavy and it's incredible and I needed it. But, you know, 
it's, it's a lot. And I think that it's important that we play and people forget how to play. Yes. That's a really big part that comes through with so many soul retrievals is, you know, there's always like follow-up guidance. Spirit will give so much information. And that's one thing they'll say, like, remember, tell this person they need to remember how to play and, and exactly. to laugh and experience joy and pleasure because we are capable of it. We have all these senses. That's what they're here for. And it's amazing yeah. how much that can trip people up. It's, it's a whole relearning because you can lose that part of you, the inner child, yeah. so easy. I retrieve a lot of inner children. Yeah. I know. I know. That's, that's crazy. I definitely, I, that's one of the things I want to do with you is the um, retrieving of like the soul pieces. Cause I definitely have left some of my puzzle pieces along the way. Yeah. And um, it's incredible that, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, and you know, every once in a while I'll pause. I even just did this this morning in my practice and I was like, do I need, I'm feeling I need something. I felt I needed a healing. And yeah. I think that's another thing that people see and they see healers and they'll put them on a pedestal. And that's another thing I'm always trying to get rid of. Don't put me there. Yes. I'm a person, I have a journey and I definitely right. seek out healing when I need it. So yes, yeah. I do a lot for myself. Absolutely. But if my guides are like, Hey, you need uh, somebody else to work on your behalf, I'll find my person. And that's because yeah. a lot of the time, just having somebody else rework for you is healing. Because yeah. many of us have issues around trust and, and different mm -hmm. things that maybe make that a little bit of a weird place. So I tell people that, like, don't don't think you've got to do everything on your own, like reach out. And that's another big part of Western society is this fix yourself mentality, eat right, work out, do this, go fast, let's get it done, heal yourself. And it's it's yeah. just, it's that's not how things are done in shamanic cultures. Typically, a whole village will gather to support the shaman who's healing one of the tribe members. Like that's incredible. Could you imagine so your beautiful. whole I know. family Red coming and your friends yeah. and support? I mean, it just doesn't happen. It's incredible to think about. We forgot our village. That's for sure. Yeah. That village. is for sure. Yes. <laughs> we became more selfish and, and self-centered. So it's, you know, yeah. and, and because of that, I think a lot of people, even when they want to ask for help or want to reach out, they don't, they feel like they, can't or they feel ashamed yeah, like, we because society has we put this whole you know idea that it's true and I say that all the time is that we've lost we've lost community and it's wild because mm -hmm. I live in suburbs and I look around and there's so many people around me I'm not out in the middle of nowhere and you barely talk to anybody and you have yeah. no help typically I mean even as a mama I know yeah. that I I'm in it by myself most of the time. And I love when I see people that have families that come in, but typically in tribal communities, you would have like the whole village would come together. And there's also a really beautiful thing of like accountability. You know, people tended to stick to doing good things because they were being watched by everybody else. And it just right. creates this, right. this great thing <laughs> happening. And, you know, it, they say it takes a village to raise a child and right. it, it does. And also for, People who don't have children just to feel good. You know, you need right. people around for the most part, even if you're introverted. Hi, I am too. I know, yeah. <laughs> they still need people. <laughs> no, I know. The, the older I get, the more introverted I, I'm realizing that I am. But, you know, then there comes those moments where you're like, all right, I want to meet people now. Like, I want to yeah. do something. But then once you're out there, you're like, oh, I regret this. Can we go back home, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's good for like an hour. Yeah. Ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> Oh my I gosh, feel that completely. 
Well, Felicia, because I, I know we've taken a lot of your time and I really want to thank you. But before we, we end this, I, I wanted to see if there's anything else you want to share with us or Alexa, if you have anything that you want to ask and ultimately tell us what, you know, how people can reach you, the best way to reach you. And obviously we'll add the tags to your account. Um, and what is, what is it that you want to, you know, like maybe a message or whatever that it is that you want to share. I love this. Thank you. So I can be reached. I have a website. It's FeliciaArmstrong.com. I have an Instagram, Felicia.S.Armstrong. And I am working on right now, I'm really excited about this. And this is one of those things Spirit has been like, you need to create this. And I'm I'm taking my time to do it. Um, but I work a lot in what's called the wheel of the year. And I believe deeply that this is such an incredible thing for people to help us to know how to shift into the seasons and honor nature and then ourselves and bring ourselves into really good balance. So I do a lot of ritual work around um, the Sabbaths, which are celebrated by witches, pagans. And I'm working on creating kind of an online platform um, where people can join essentially like a digital coven. So I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping that comes out this year sometime. I don't know when, again, very spirit guided and led. Um, And my website's got a newsletter on it. I love, send out I'm really big into astrology and I send out like a monthly lunar scope. That's a big background for me too. So it's really fun. If you sign up, you'll receive that. And yeah, um, all my offerings are on my website. If anyone has questions, I'm always here. I do shamanic coaching as well, which is a really deep dive into soul retrieval. So instead of that being a singular session, we take you on a three month journey through that. And that's because I've learned so many people. And again, going back to the Western Mm -hmm. culture, need a lot of help and assistance and even holding energy and learning how to do that. So I love working with people in a deeper capacity and I'm, I'm here for all of it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and I love your energy. It's just so pure and just so like you're here to do the right thing. And like you were just born to do this. You know, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, like, I, just love it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that so much because really I always say to every client, I wouldn't do this if it didn't help people. I wouldn't, yeah. I would do something yeah. else. And that means so much to me. I know what I've been through in my life has been just really challenging. And this path changed me and it it opened up things that I could have never dreamt possible when I was a little girl. And yeah. I want everyone to feel like that. I want everyone to feel accepted and validated and to be in touch with their exactly. truth and to trust themselves. I want so much for everyone. Yeah. So if I can just yeah. be even a little part of that, I'm just honored beyond words and Thank you for letting me share all of that. That's beautiful. Thank Thank you. you. I feel like I deserve a big clap. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're both wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing this. Your your banter is just fantastic. And I love hearing you both talk and you just light up everything. And I'm I'm thrilled to see what else you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll definitely be back out in touch. I definitely want to do the soul retriever because that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. So I need to like, it's time to do it. I'm here when Um, you're ready. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Did you end it?